Good evening. This is Channel 17 Town Meeting Television, and tonight we are doing one of our candidate forums, candidate moderations here. And tonight, my name is Howard Wooden, by the way. Tonight we have two gentlemen who are unopposed for the South Burlington School District. I want to introduce the, both of them and then give them <coughs> a chance to introduce themselves to you. Right here, this is Brian Minier, and he's running for the third year term. And to his right is Martin Lalonde. Mm -hmm. Did I say that yes, correct, yes. Martin? And he's running for the second year term. Martin, I'm going to start with you. I'll give you a couple minutes. Sure. Tell, the, tell the South Burlington citizens why you want to get into this and why you, why you want to be a school board member. Right. I think it's more of uh, not quite yet getting out of this because, <laughs> because this, I've, I've been on the board for nine years. Wow. Uh, and uh, I'm running for the two-year seat. Uh, this time I've run for the three-year seats the last uh, three times. Uh, so th the main reason I'm running again is, is for having continuity on the board. Uh, I've been involved in a number of negotiations uh, over the last nine years, and next year will be a very interesting new negotiation because of how uh, the state is taking over uh, negotiating health insurance. So, so I wanted to certainly be able to help uh, with that. Uh, and also, we've been looking at what to do with our infrastructure, uh, this uh, master planning and visioning for, it's been a few years now. It started looking at the elementary schools and what to do there. Uh, and then over the last couple of years, we've turned to really looking at the middle school and high school to see what kind of infrastructure improvements we need just to bring these 50-year-old buildings up to snuff. I, I don't think that's a technical architectural term, but, uh, and also look at what kind of changes can be made to the buildings to help our uh, further our education of our kids? Because the, the way we educate kids are a little bit different now, uh, and, and our building, like I say, was constructed uh, 50 years ago. So, so those are things that I, I really want to to see through. And after two years, I'll have to decide if I will be coming back yet again. But hopefully, in the next couple of years, we'll really have dealt with some of these issues I've been dealing with for a very long time. Yeah, nine years, quite a ways. Um, Brian, what about you? What's your, what's your interest and why are you going after this unopposed even? You're already, what, why would you like to do this? Um, well, I have to say hi to the kids anyway because they're <laughs> off there behind the cameras watching. And um, they are the biggest reasons that I'm doing this. My, my son Ivan is 13, he's an eighth grader at Tuttle. My daughter Maisie is a, a nine-year-old fourth grader at Orchard. And uh, my wife, who's also back there in the darkness of uh, indisclosed age, uh, was also a product of Orchard, Tuttle, and South Burlington High School back in the day. Um, I married into this. I'm a flatlander. I grew up outside of Pittsburgh. Um, my wife and I uh, started dating in 91, which is the first time I came up to South Burlington, and came up a couple times per year after, and in the late 90s lived just a few blocks from here in the old North End on Manhattan Drive. Oh, yeah. Um, after which she and I went to graduate school in Madison, Wisconsin, both for Slavic languages and literature, and both our kids were born while we were out there. And just through beautiful serendipity, she got a job teaching Russian at the university in uh, spring of 10, I guess it was. So moved back to South Burlington, very pleased to be able to do so, very lucky, uh, and have had a great time here since. So just the opportunity now that my kids are a bit older to be able to do something for the schools that I have really had a wonderful experience in and for the community too. So. Brian, have you ever been on a board before? Is this your first experience being on a school board? It is my first one, yeah. yeah. And first big volunteer experience, too, I would say. Yeah. So, I, you know, I coach my daughter's soccer team. I've mm -hmm. helped out a little bit in Orchard. 
at uh, you know the book fair at the school play, um, but this would be the first time doing anything so of this size. Given the fact that you're going to be you know fairly new to to the board and, and you've got people like Martin who have been on there for you know uh, now nine years, yeah. um, what do you think you're going? How do how are you going to approach your first um, year or so uh, on the board? Where where do you see yourself? Uh, well, first of all, learn a lot and ask a lot of questions from my colleagues mm -hmm. for whom I've been. I have a lot of respect and I've been very impressed with how the board has been doing its business. Um, on the financial side of things, the jobs that I had after graduate school at the Medical Foundation in Wisconsin at GE Healthcare, mm. I think gave me a good familiarity with databases, spreadsheets, you know, working with these kinds of ideas. So on the financial side, I think I'm on, on firm footing. Um, but I actually think the more important part is the skills that I acquired during my academic time, learning how to consume a lot of information, dissect an argument, figure out what you want to do about it and present it in a way that people can understand. Sort of show your work as all of my math teachers mm -hmm. said over the years. You yeah. know, um, In terms of what I'm most interested in, uh, I think this is sort of in Bridget Burkhart's wheelhouse, but uh, I'm also very interested in the master planning and visioning and sort of what the facilities look like over the next few years, how the city center development and the basing of the F-35 change things, right. hopefully not too much. Right. Um, and so I, I really want to get in deep on that if I can without stepping on Bridget's toes. So, yeah. 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 Yeah, um, Martin, I, when you talk about negotiation, what has been your role uh, in the past on in past negotiations? Have you been um, heavily involved in the negotiation process um, uh, as a board member? Um, and what do you see for the future? What do you think is going to be going down, especially with those changes in the state? Right, uh, I, I have, and, and uh, uh, for most of the negotiations, uh, the whole board is, is at the table. Yeah. Um, uh, this negotiation session, which we started in November uh, and last uh, negotiation uh, session a couple years ago, uh, we had a negotiating subcommittee, and, and it was uh, the chair, Elizabeth uh, Fitzgerald, and I uh, two times ago, or not the current time, because this current time I've, I've, I've just been supporting that somewhat. Mm -hmm. But uh, historically, with a teacher negotiation, we end up at a point where the whole board is is uh, mediating or negotiating. So, mm -hmm. so been involved with that. And uh, so, uh, but there's also other negotiations we do. We negotiate with uh, administration, uh, with administrators, uh, which I've not been part of that team, but also with uh, the staff. And and I've done this is the third time that I've been on the negotiating subcommittee uh, yeah. for staff. So, so uh, been there's been a lot of negotiating. It's a big. It's a really big part of of the job and, and not necessarily the the most fun part because it is an adversarial process often um, uh, but but that's fine yeah, the, the, the the teachers the staff the administrators uh, though we sometimes have tough negotiations uh, I think we are uh, compensating our teachers and staff and administrators very well and for a reason because we have excellent teachers and excellent administrators and excellent staff and that's why the school district does so well. It'll be interesting next year. I mean, because the way we've negotiated in the past, it's a complete compensation package mm -hmm. that includes salary and benefits. And all, all of a sudden, the state will be telling us what one of the mm -hmm. most important benefits. There are other benefits that we still have on the table. <clears throat> so it will narrow what our negotiation is. And it's, I'm not sure how that's going to go we'll, we'll see it'll be new yeah it's it certainly will get complicated i think more complicated yeah. than, than it has been and 
Uh, I want to remind our viewers, though, that you can call in a question at any time. Uh, the number is 862-3966, and we'd love to take any questions that you have, and these gentlemen would certainly love to answer your questions. Um, you Right before um, this um, forum, we had the South Burlington school budget presentation. I want to start, Martin, you're on the board. I, I'm assuming, and maybe wrongfully, that you um, support that budget. Oh, absolutely. And, and I want to get uh, also Brian's view on it and what you think are the, the highlights or the things that uh, viewers should know about it from a board's, board's purposes. Well, I, th I think the, the key point is that uh, it will continue to offer the programming to meet our students' needs. Uh, it will continue to provide uh, I think the uh, exemplary education that we provide that the community expects. Uh, it will continue to provide opportunities for professional development for our teachers to, to make sure they, they continue to be some of the best uh, teachers in the state. Uh, so it does all those things. Uh, it also uh, does the necessary uh, facility maintenance that we need to have as we're waiting for master planning and visioning uh, to tell us what else uh, might be done. Uh, so I think it, it's, it's definitely going to uh, keep our public schools in South Burlington uh, being top-notch. And yeah, there is, a, there is an increase in, in the budget and there is a slight increase in the, in the property tax rate, although uh, it's still lower than it was a couple years ago. Uh, I think that the board and the administration really uh, in the budget they present to us uh, after going through a citizen advisory uh, process. Uh, we, we've, we're lo looking at the bottom line very carefully, but there are a lot of cost pressures that are out of our control, including health insurance mm -hmm. uh, increases, uh, the need for facility maintenance, uh, additional needs that we are covering with our students. Uh, the student population uh, that, uh, that we have, there seem to be a lot more behavioral uh, issues that we're having to deal with in the school. Uh, and all those things cost more money, but it, I think our community expects uh, the product that we're producing and, and we're doing it in a cost that uh, so far they've been able to support. Brian, uh, you're new to this. Um, what do you think about this year's budget proposal? Uh, absolutely support it. Um, I, I first started following the school board more closely about five years ago when there was a proposal from the superintendent to put the fifth grade elementary uh, school kids right. in the middle school. Um, started paying attention then and after that time uh, started attending more school board meetings, had the chance to see budgets developed. Um, and I have to say I've, I've been impressed with the job that they've done. I don't see any profligacy in what they're doing. Uh, the, the negotiations, as far as I can tell, have been hard-nosed, as evidenced by one strike, by an imposition. I mean, it's, you know, th there's not a lot of fat there. And so I think you also need to take a look back at the long-term perspective and say over the past 10 years, the average annual increase has been about 2.2% or something mm -hmm. like that. This is not huge, especially in a community, as Martin said, that values its education so highly. Um, the other thing to remember is whenever a budget is built, as I understand it, you do it from the ground up. So nothing is grandfathered over from the previous year. There's no extraneous stuff that could be cut out. You say, do we need this this year? Um, and I think if you look at what was put forward this year, you know, maybe 80% of the budget is baked in in the form of salaries and benefits. And so what you really need to look at is, okay, what's being added? And you look at the additions to this year's budget, and to me, they all seem quite defensible. It's um, it's access for kids, so it's adding three FTEs for early uh, elementary education at Central, or it is changing the nine uh, paraeducators to five special educators to better give access to our kids with special needs. Um, 
there just isn't a whole lot there that you can take much issue with, I don't think, once you get into sort of a line-by-line -line look at it. So, mm. yeah, I, I think it's a, a great budget, and I think it's well done. And as we start to look ahead at, um, as, as um, Martin was also talking about, the facilities, and you start looking at your plants, what do you think are the capital needs and various things that are going to be popping up that you anticipate the, you know, the school district is going to have to deal with in yeah, so some of this is near term, and you can see that covered by the bond that's going to be on the, yes. on the town meeting ballot. Yeah. Um, so most of that bond, I think about half of that bond, is for upgrades to Munson Field, which if you've been to a game there and the weather is cold and you have to use one of the porta-potties, you would probably agree that improvements could be used. Um, for longer term, it sort of depends. I mean, we're still waiting to see exactly how city center is going to shake out and what mm -hmm. that's going to affect, uh, how that's going to affect central. We're still waiting to find out about all of the, uh, the noise measurements uh, from the basing of the F-35 at Burlington International. Does that change, uh, does that change Chamberlain meaningfully? It may. Um, I have been impressed over the time that my kids have been in the district by how much people value their neighborhood elementary schools and what a sense of community is built around them. And so partly for, to preserve that feeling, but partly just to be fiscally prudent, I hope that we can just improve the facilities that we have to get them up to speed for 21st century learning. I do not want to see, if possible, consolidating into some large, you know, mega elementary school off in the southeast quadrant. Okay. So, And Martin, what do you think? Uh, what's your perspective now, uh, taking a look at facilities in the future? What do you, what do you anticipate? Well, uh, especially you were talked about the educational changes that yes, might be, yeah. you know. So, I, the, the, when we looked uh, at the elementary schools and whether to consolidate, ultimately we decided really where we needed to put our emphasis and our money was at the high school and middle school. Uh, we thought we'd get more educational bang for the buck uh, by investing in, in those schools. So we've been working with, uh, with an architect that also has a lot of expertise in, in school construction, uh, have uh, built or renovated schools in Vermont and Massachusetts. Uh, we have a group of, uh, of individuals, on a, uh, including teachers and staff and community members, a board member, uh, administrators, uh, who have been looking at this issue with, with, the, uh, with the architecture uh, and their expert, experts as well. Uh, so we've been looking at what we can do uh, with the high school and middle school, and we're going to have a number of options which will, will uh, be presented and we'll be looking at more closely. And what we'll be looking at is again, all right, if we invest in a certain thing, what is our educational return? What is the return as far as just the school learning environment for our students? And, and that's the kind of things, it's sometimes a little hard to really understand those benefits, but, but we wanna as clearly as we can kind of match the benefits to what the cost is. Uh, and then determine how to go forward because it's it's going to be substantial. It'll be a substantial bond uh, that over the next couple of years, I would imagine, we may be uh, asking the community to support. But the the buildings are they're a little bit tired. They're not they they do need uh, some work. Although uh, it's not just the buildings really that that creates the culture of the school. I, I mean, it's the students, it's the, it's the staff, it's the teachers. So I think it's still a very vibrant community, but we could certainly have a upgraded facility. Well, and the thing, I I'm really was impressed with the idea that you, instead of saying facilities or buildings, you use the term infrastructure, which I thought was great because I think that is kind of the way we need to start looking at it. It's not just buildings, it's the infrastructure all the way through. And I, I, um, it's, it, 
that to me um, seems like a change in the uh, the approach. Is we're not just looking at facilities; we're right. looking at the entire school system. You know, we're trying to see how this all coordinates together. It's very impressive, I think. Um, you know, this is going to be a little controversial, but it's on. It's one of the questions, and I wanted to talk to um, both of you a little bit about um, racial bias and those things that are happening. You know, the state, um, I think, is still dealing, and we're, we're continuing to deal with a lot of those issues. And and uh, where do you think South Burlington stands, and um, where do you think we sh they can be going with this? I'll, I'll start with you, Brian. I mean, it's a work in progress, right? Yeah. So. Um, I think it was about half a year ago, we were looking at one of my wife's old pictures from when she was in Orchard Elementary mm -hmm. School, and we compared it to my daughter's picture from her second grade year, and the difference was right there. You know, the community has become more diverse, mm -hmm. and I'm glad to see that reflected in what's happening in our schools. I mean, it's being embraced early on in elementary school by having days where you celebrate different cultures, the kids do posters about their countries, there's different foods served. And so just at that low level, it starts happening, and then as you get up into the middle and high school curriculum, I do believe it's being addressed more in language arts and social studies classes, this notion of diversity, what does it mean, why is it important? Um, and just recently, obviously, the choice was made uh, by the student, I think it's a justice union now, it was the student diversity union, to request the flying of the Black Lives right. Matter flag. Um, the administration and the board uh, agreed to that, and I agree with that decision. I think it's important to have these conversations. I don't think you need to see that choice as a political one, but rather as an issue of civil rights you can say it's Black History Month, but this isn't just history, right? These things continue to happen, they continue to happen, and they're affecting what's going on right now. So I think the issue of racial bias is a real one. Um, I hope it's being mitigated and mediated somewhat just by the fact that we're becoming more diverse and more aware of these issues. Um, but I'm very glad that the students brought this up and that the board and the administration supported them in wanting that conversation. What do you think? Yeah, I. You went so, through that whole, you know, change of things. So you've yes, seen a yes. perspective from a board. Yeah, and it, we've we started really seeing this a few years ago that this was something we needed to do, and, and it really started with uh, retiring the rebels' name, you know, respecting the alumni who were rebels, but but. Uh, understanding going forward that it was no longer appropriate. And, and that really came, uh, I give the credit to our administration uh, and the students. Um, I mean, the board, the way we work, uh, our policy governance is what it's called, is, is we really defer to the experts, uh, the administrators in the school. And they were saying, for instance, that the rebel name was not working. It was excluding uh, students. It was making students uncomfortable. And we fully supported that uh, change. Uh, and, and I think the next step, and, and, the, and this really, the Student Justice Union has really been driving this. Uh, and, and it's great that they have been uh, really trying to uh, include uh, or have better inclusivity uh, uh, and, and an understanding of, of, uh, of the historic uh, implicit bias uh, that, that we see. So our, we have staff and teachers being trained. We have uh, uh, implicit bias training, so mm -hmm. the, it's really trying to build the understanding that there are these biases uh, and, and that we need to deal with them to have as an equitable uh, offering to our students as possible, and, and we will continue to look at this. It is, it is a statewide issue, and, and I know that uh, the House has passed a, a bill that uh, is going to create a group to help uh, come up with uh, 
uh, inclusivity, uh, ethnic diversity uh, curriculum and, and trying to have us understand that there are more stories than what we've been telling and, and explaining over the, over the past uh, decades. So, so that will be an improvement as well. That'll take a little time, but sure. uh, it, it's, it's something we're dealing with and, and I think we recognize it and, and we are uh, you know, trying to improve the situation. What's interesting is that unlike almost the rest of the state, South Burlington's school population is either, you know, continues to go up or at least level off versus the rest of the state, which seems to be in somewhat of a decline for students. So what do you attribute that to? to? Okay. Uh, we're very fortunate in that way, that's true. Um, our population is increasing somewhat, our student age population too. And so these forces that you see in other parts of the state to consolidate schools, um, you really don't feel them here. and. Partly it's just such a vibrant, interesting community, lots of fun stuff to do. I mean, there's a reason my wife and I were delighted to come back here. It's partly because she's from here and partly because it's a great place. And so you put that together with job opportunities, the best schools in the state, and you have a critical mass and people want to come here. And I'm glad it is sparing us some of the pain that you're finding elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, people are coming to South Burlington in part for, for the schools uh, that we have. and. Uh, but also, th there's a general demographic trend of urbanization, and, and the rural schools are where uh, we're suffering uh, the biggest decreases. People are moving to urban areas, uh, including South Burlington. Where they have the infrastructure. Where they have the infrastructure, yeah, where they have the offerings, where right. we have the opportunities. And that's, that's a big part of it as well, is that we have the critical mass to have an excellent uh, offering to our students. What do, you th what do you anticipate five years from now? You may not be on the board anymore, but you know, what, where do you see, what are going to be the issues that you think this, this community is going to have to deal with in five years? I think we see some of the same trends already. We've, we've been dealing with, uh, I mentioned behavior issues. Yeah. I think it's more of an understanding of, of uh, ACEs, mm -hmm. uh, and, and I'm going to probably forget exactly what that stands for. Adverse Childhood Experiences, that's what it stands for. And there, there's increasing awareness of, of, uh, of trauma and how it affects children. But there's also, and this has been a trend for a while, and I see it continuing, that, that we need to educate to the fullest extent every student that comes through the door. Mm -hmm. It's not like it in the past where students could find a manufacturing job or can make a living. Right. We need to get them set. You know, it can be a vocational job, but we really need to t pay attention to every student and, and maximize their opportunity and ability. I don't see that all of a sudden changing in five years. Mm -hmm. I, I will see, I will think that by then we will really uh, be hitting our stride as far as personalized learning plans, proficiency-based graduation, all these initiatives that have been starting over the last few years. Uh, our first class that will be graduating on proficiency-based graduation uh, requirements will be next year. Yeah. Uh, but th there, are, there are kinks to work out on that. Right. And, and I think in five years, we'll, unless the state has completely changed what they want us to do, <laughs> Never know. Oh, what, what do you think, Ryan? <laughs> what do you, where do you, you may be on the board. I, I may well. I hope to be. Yeah. Um, it's exciting. I, I like that in the school's ends, what they ask for, their, uh, for the students to achieve, that you talk not just about what are the skills, and yes, that's part of a personalized learning plan, but you talk about the whole student, like a, a disposition for lifelong learning, what kind of a citizen are they going to be. And so 
you're kind of doing things on both ends, right? You're trying to get kids in when they're three, four, five and doing the early education. You're trying to open it up as widely as you can to people with different abilities and make sure that everybody gets the best education they can. And then you're trying to turn them into a person who can not only find a job, but who has meaning in their life and who can help their community. So I, I love the way that it's designed. I agree with Martin that the PLPs are a work in progress. It was a little bit bumpy when we had our first meeting with our son's right. teacher too. but. Um, it does seem to be coming together. I like the idea that you're measuring actual skills that students can produce rather than you know time that their butt was in a seat. Right. Um, I, I'm very hopeful. I, I really think the district is on a good course, and I, I hope to help it continue. You know, I didn't come in with an axe to grind or anything. I want to help the good work continue. Let me. I'm going off book a little bit because I think you guys can help the, uh, me and others understand why. What do? You, why can't we keep? graduates here in Vermont after they graduate from high school why what what's it going to take for us to bring you know kids back from college and to bring them and make that move that you guys came back to and set up shop again and do it what do you what do you think is going right. to I uh, that's that's a very good I mean, question you do a great job yeah, up to grade 12 and then well well I, I I think it's important to try to have opportunities for kids coming right out of college uh, I'm more focused on trying to to bring families back, uh, right. like uh, Brian came back when they have have children. Uh, I, I, you know, if there are opportunities in Vermont uh, to have students stay here, that's great. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm not trying to tell my own kids that you right. need to stick around. Right. It's like, you know, go out and find yourself in the world, but come back when you have yeah. grandkids for me, you know what I'm saying? So, so I think that that's, right. you know, so I don't consider that a huge problem, uh, frankly. I mean, we do need to work on our workforce, uh, and that's a whole other separate yeah. issue. Um, and we do want to be very attractive to have families, you know, come, come back to Vermont. We've got a couple of minutes left, or less than a couple of minutes left. Is there anything you'd like to leave, you know, the citizens, uh, any final statement you'd like to make? So before that, which I will get to, just a quick follow-up on Martin's. Course, yes, when I talked to David Young a couple of days ago, one of the ideas that I talked to him about that I was most excited about is this big picture project they have at the high school. It's the only one in the state where kids, I think just in the last two years, can partner with local companies like Logic Supply, there's an industrial design firm, and they can have almost like an internship experience in high school. Get great skills, possibly have a job lined up afterwards. I think that's one way you keep mm -hmm. people around, is get them lined up ahead of time, like make a pipeline to these local businesses. Yeah. So that's one thing I'm super excited yeah. about. Um, in terms of a, a sum up, um, I am just pleased to be given the opportunity. Um, I love how the schools have been running. I wanna keep them running well. And um, yeah, just kudos to the board, and I hope I can fit in and do my part. That's all. Yeah. Any final uh, statement? Yeah, well, it's been a privilege to serve for nine years. I'll look forward to at least another couple of years, and I really appreciate you uh, having us on. Oh, um, you're absolutely welcome, yeah, and it's, it's been our pleasure to have you. And so I want to urge um, voters to make sure you go out and vote on, on Election Day and that Channel 17 will post this, um, this, uh, this forum uh, on its website, and you can find this and many other forums on the Channel 7 home, uh, 17 Hometown uh, Television website. Um, thank you very much for watching, and we'll see you next time.